you're tuned into the Nicole Joy Show. Welcome to my corner of the internet. In my space, I take you deep into the world of entrepreneurship, deep into conscious motherhood, spirituality, your relationship with yourself, deconditioning, healing, and so much more. I'm a corporate dropout turned doula, and while I'm no longer at births, I still wear my doula hat, doulaing my clients through entrepreneurship, through motherhood, and beyond. I'm also a digital course creator, author, a 1-3 self-projected projector, if you're into human design, a mother to three amazing little people, a mentor, a guide, a teacher, an energy healing practitioner, and I'm a big, big fan of 90s R&B. On this show, we'll talk all things conscious entrepreneurship, motherhood, energy healing, spirituality, and more. Thank you for letting me in your ear as my story and our stories continue to unfold. Here are three things that you need to know before you listen to this episode. Number one, podcast consulting. So I'm now offering podcast consulting. I am holding your hand and showing you while you're in the driver's seat how to put together your podcast, whether you're going to DIY, outsource, whatever. We are going to be building podcasts together. If you'd like a spot at podcast consulting with me, there's an application link in the show notes or DM me. My DMs are always open. Announcement number two, if you'd prefer to learn at your own pace and all of it DIY, the Podcasting with Heart self-paced course is now available. I'm still in the middle of teaching it. So if you get the self-paced version, just note that as I teach the modules, they're being loaded into the portal, but that is an option. There's a link in the show notes. You can find out all the information. Announcement number three, you've already heard me talk about the birth worker retreat. It's two and a half months away. So it's November. Our retreat is January 22nd, 23rd, 24th in Clearwater Beach, Florida. It is a birth worker retreat with a focus on mind body business. I am opening three intensive spots, private one-on-one before and after the retreat. So if you plan on attending and you would like to book some private in-person time with me to get-ish done, reach out to me. DM me ASAP to secure one of your spots and we can book it around your schedule of when you're going to be arriving and when you plan on departing from the retreat. Side note, also related to the birth worker retreat, there is a black birth worker scholarship available. So be sure to click the link in the show notes and apply if that's something that you feel like would be helpful for you. As always, if you have any questions, my DMs are open. Hello, hello. So everybody, welcome back. I want to introduce you to, well, you may already know her, but I'd like to formally introduce you again to Darcy. So she goes on Instagram, on social media by Dula Darcy. And I asked Darcy to come on the show today to tell us her business birth story. Uh, So we're bringing back the business birth story series. And I... I'm going to be recording several of these with the different people who are co-facilitating and co-hosting the birth worker retreat that we are going to be hosting in January in Clearwater, Florida. So if you haven't yet heard us talk about it or heard me talk about it on the podcast or heard Darcy talk about it, January 22nd, 23rd, 24th of 2024, Clearwater Beach, Florida, there is a link in the show notes. And there's also a payment plan option through Klarna. So you can choose to set up your own payment plan if that's something you'd like to do. And there's also a Black Birth Worker Scholarship. Uh, So we'll be spending three days focusing on mind-body business. Um, It's mostly focused around birth workers is kind of the thing. That's like our common denominator between Darcy and myself 
and Caitlin McGray of Be Her Village and Jody Congdon. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah. Yep. I, I never say her last name, but I'm wondering, Jody Congdon of Hip to Heart. Um, so I've known Darcy for a while and I, you've been on the podcast and when we did the group interview, but I don't know your business birth story. I know you have a background in marketing and that's about it. So <laughs> oh. I mean, I don't know how much you've shared your business birth story with everybody else as well. Um, but yeah, I'm going to turn it over and just All like right. tell us the story. Like, how did you birth your business baby? Oh my gosh. I love this question so much. And first, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And to see you in real life in January, that's going to be so much fun. Because um, I live up in New England in New Hampshire. So uh, Florida in January is just perfection. So it's going to be great. Um, so yes, as you mentioned, I worked in advertising and marketing right out of college. That's what my degree was in. I had a job. I worked in Manhattan for a little while. I worked at a big ad agency in Princeton, New Jersey. And I just, I was in my 20s and I, I loved it. And I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be this corporate advertising executive. Um, and then we moved back to New Hampshire and we were going to start a family. And I was like, yeah, but I work in advertising and marketing. And then I had my first baby. No, you know, and I was also a competitive gymnast as, like in childhood and high school. And so all I went into birth with was like this idea that yeah, I think I want to do this without drugs, but more from like an athletic perspective. <laughs> like this is my, my goal would be to do this and I think I can accomplish this. And and I was a gymnast and I was a straight A student and I went to college and I have a good job. Like people say it's hard, uh but I'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I actually had a really great labor. Um cuz actually I did a lot of yoga. So I kind of just settled into like some deep breathing and, you know, labored at home, got to the hospital. I was already at seven centimeters. So I was like, see, I'm doing this. Um, and then she was sunny side up. I pushed and pushed and pushed for hours and eventually ended up with a C-section. And the OB came in, you know, the next day, and said uh, that just she said you the she's like the bones of your pelvis you have a very she have a strange shape of one of the bones and she's like oh, so a hundred years ago you both would have died and I was like oh ah uh, yay <laughs> um she was trying to make me feel better because I was beating myself up for having a c-section I was like whoa what is my problem I you know I'm I'm a woman, we're supposed to give birth. So what's my problem if I can't do it? So she was trying to make me feel better. And it made me feel better for like five minutes, but then I got really thinking about it. But that's a whole other story. Um, but I had been awake, you know, I labored through the night and the whole next day and had, she was born via C-section at, you know, four, three hours of pushing, 6 p.m. she was born. So I missed a couple nights of sleep. I hadn't eaten that whole time, mostly just because I, I didn't feel like it. Um, and so it was like this long, you know, 24 hours of labor and then a major surgery. I was exhausted. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, now my baby's here. Uh, let's, I had, I had visitors constantly, like one would leave that I, I didn't rest at all in the hospital. 
got home, ended up with an infection. I was back in the hospital. I had a 102 degree fever. I just, to make a long story short, felt like crap. And obviously, of course, I should have felt like crap. Like I had, I just had a baby. I just had surgery. I had an infection. I was sick. Um, but I was in my head, I was like, I'm doing this wrong. I'm not being a good mom because I just, <laughs> I had a fever. I just wanted to go lay down and sleep, but I had to breastfeed every hour and a half. And I, I, you know, I thought I had to do all this stuff. And so, um, that just kind of got worse and worse and worse as the sleep dep deprivation kept going. And, you know, a few weeks in, I remember like putting a, some dishes in the dishwasher and I was like, I'm so tired. Like I just, I can't, like I can't even keep the kitchen clean. And my mom was there helping me. My mother-in-law was there helping me. My husband was very helpful. I had tons of like people helping me, but I wasn't voicing any of this out loud. And I remember putting a dish in the dishwasher and hearing my OB say, well, a hundred years ago, you and your daughter would have died. And I just thought, well, maybe that maybe we should have, like, maybe I'm not cut out for motherhood. Maybe that's why I couldn't give birth. And so to make a very long story short, I obviously had postpartum depression, later anxiety and, um, quit my marketing job because of, I was having a, intrusive thoughts about, um, well, about everything, but specifically about putting my daughter in daycare. So I, I like a week before I was supposed to go back, I told my husband, I was like, I can't do it. Like I physically am not going to be able to drop her off. And he's like, well, you know, do what you need to do. He's like, you're going to burn a bridge. You're not, you know, like you're not going to go back to that. You told them you were coming back, you know, this marketing job I had. Um, and I said, I, I don't know. I didn't even care. And so I did, I quit. And I actually got a really nice letter from the CEO of the company at the time. And he said, he sent me an email. He's like, Darcy, we're going to miss you. I, you know, you've been a great asset to the company, blah, 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 blah. Um, but this is a decision you'll never regret, which I thought was really nice and certainly didn't regret it. So my, that whole experience eventually led me to become a postpartum doula. I was, I became obsessed with telling my friends, with talking to anyone I met or knew who was having a baby. And I was like, listen, you think it's going to be rainbows and unicorns, but it is hard. <laughs> um, so it's kind of just like being a postpartum doula. And then I started to, you know, I had another baby and I got a job through a former employer. I was working at home a couple hours a week, uh, sorry, a couple hours a day while my kids napped for Zanga, um, which like, and this was like around the year 2000, they were very, if you were a teenager in the year 2000, you knew what Zanga was. Um, it was a blogging website when blogging websites were huge. Um, so I was working there and I read a blog about a postpartum doula and I was like, <gasps> that it was like the clouds part. I was like, that is what I'm going to do. That is what I am meant to do with my life. And very quickly, my business birth story is like, I saw those words and then the universe was like, here, a donut training popped up an hour from my house a couple of weeks later. I think I was already a yoga teacher at that time. And then I just was like, well, now I'll add, do the 40 hour prenatal yoga teacher training. It was like the 
the pieces all fell into place really quickly. So in 2010, I became certified, trained, fully trained um, as a postpartum doula. And that's when I started my postpartum doula business here in Dover, New Hampshire. Um, and just, I, I loved it. I loved going into new mom's homes and first of all, just, you know, holding the baby so that they could nap. That was my biggest thing. Cause that, I was just so tired. I had, th- I ended up having three babies in four years, three C-sections in four years. So I was <laughs> depleted beyond, uh, anything anyone ever should do. So I just, I have, and still do have this amazing passion for helping moms in those first 12 weeks. So it kind of just blossomed from there. And then I was able to, and I kind of went through the same thing, the experience that I hear so many other doulas say that I was just so excited to learn that this was a job, to learn that this was a career, to take the training. I read all the books. I was just devouring information. I just so excited. And then I finished my training, got home. I was like, okay, I'm a postpartum doula now. And I was just like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I can't go on monster.com and find a postpartum doula job. I can't just, you know, there's no line of pregnant people here at my house waiting for me. I kind of was like, I'm, I'm trained everybody. Like, where do I go? So I realized, oh, I have to get my own clients. But I was lucky in that I was able to lean back on that marketing background and, you know, use what I knew to really build up my own business. I think at a faster pace than most doulas do. Um, so that was um, great. And then right before... So in like 2019, I'd been at it nine years. I had opened an agency at a one or two other doulas that were like helping me. I was doing days, they were doing overnights and they were back, you know, backing up or taking some more day shifts. And I, I remember standing in one of my clients' living rooms, just answering, you know, we answer the same questions over and over again and have the same conversations. And I started to think like, I really want to help more than just one mom a day. And I thought there's so many, I know there's so many other probably families on this block or in this neighborhood that need to hear this information that I'm telling them or that need to just feel this compassion, that need to someone to non-judgmentally listen to their birth story. You know, I was, you know, I, I could probably throw a rock and hit, five other families that need a postpartum doula. But I was like, how can I do that? How can I get this out to more people? And I also had been talking to other doulas, realizing many doulas struggle with the marketing side of things, with the getting clients. They're awesome doulas. They have the compassion, the empathy, the skills, the education, the training, you know, all the certifications, but no one in their town knows they exist. So I thought, well, I could, maybe I could be like a marketing and business coach for doulas. But I thought, that's not a thing. (laughs) Who would do that? You know, I can't do that. But that was in 2019. And so then in 2020, as COVID hit, and at the very beginning, the world shut down, you know, no, you know, I had existing contracts 
that I left their house on Friday and Monday morning, they were like, don't come. No one, you know, so I was just home and I started virtually, you know, serving them. And so I thought, oh, maybe I could, you know, I, the wheels started to spin. I was like, maybe I could virtually help multiple families at a time. And I did do that for a while, but then I just, you know, then it really, you know, it became apparent that this COVID thing was going to be more than two weeks of a shutdown. Um, and I thought, well, maybe this is the time to go for this doula business coaching thing. So that's what I did. So I, I, um, cut back on the, you know, I kind of finished up my contracts and I just took a couple virtual clients and then went all in on building the doula Darcy into what it is now, you know, four years later. So that's my story. I have questions. All right. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I didn't realize that you shifted to helping other doulas start, well, yeah, marketing yeah. business in 2019, because that was like right same time I did. Well, actually, that's a cool part of the story, because I was like, being a doula business coach doesn't exist. And I think I started poking around on Instagram and found you. And I was like, oh, wait, okay. She's doing, you know, kind of a similar, you know, at the t in 2019, you kind of were, you had, you had yeah. programs for doulas. Just started that. Yeah. That side of the business. I feel like, um, I was telling somebody yesterday, some women I was in a meeting with, like right now, I feel like I'm in the third building phase of my third business, but it was the first business was the pregnancy, the childbirth education, the virtual doula. Second business was teaching other doulas. And now I'm rebuilding the third business is teaching, you know, beyond. Yeah. First professionals and beyond, right? Like, let's say it that way, entrepreneurs. And, but at this time, right, that was exactly what was happening in 2019 with me too. So that is so interesting. I didn't realize that. Well, I kind of forgot about that, but you like stumbling upon your Instagram page was a key part of me being like, oh, okay, wait, she's doing it. Okay. This, you know, it was kind of like validation. Like, this is a good idea. I can do it. Um, and very similarly, I think this is an interesting piece. So when I started my postpartum doula business, I, you know, I finished my training, was got a website and I, I was like, I'm, I'm trained, I'm certified, but I still have some questions. Like I would love to shadow another postpartum doula or at least talk to one about, you know, what you actually do in the home. You know, I just had questions. And so I, found this other postpartum doula in my area, but my marketing experience and brain were like, well, no, she is your competition. You have to establish your brand as competing with her and set yourself apart, you know, show your differences from her. And so that was my first thought, but I, then I kind of, you know, I started brainstorming and then I was like, no, I'd really rather call her up and ask her some questions. And I'm so glad I did this. It's Krista Malte, who is now one of our, my dearest friends. We're actually, um, actually, this is very synergistic. She and I are presenting at the Dona Summit next week on collaboration over competition. Um, because we have, she was an amazing kind of mentor to me. And then we just partnered on so many marketing efforts. We had a, like a collective for a while together. Um, she's a dear, you know, one of my dearest friends now. And I, it's been such a joy to think, oh, that was so much more fun and easier 
and really beneficial for both our businesses for us to collaborate and work together. So fast forward to 2019, when I found you on Instagram, the same thing. I was like, oh, she's already doing it. Uh, that means I can't do it. I was like, no, that means I can. Like, that means that that other people are interested in paying for these services. So um, I just wanted to add I'm glad that, you did that because not everybody is going to resonate with me and not everybody's going to resonate with you. And there's others now right. too, which is mm -hmm. beautiful. There's options. Like I couldn't possibly handle every single birth worker who wants business advice. Exactly. Neither could this one and neither could that one. So like, that's kind of the whole point of this. And I'm trying to go back to remembering when I first remembered engage. I just don't remember. I felt like it was just very natural that we would talk to each other yeah. in our posts and it felt very natural. And it, you know, in 2018, I took my doula training, but I really quickly realized that being at the birth is not my way of helping. Yes. I love it and I'm passionate about birth, but that's not going to be my way of helping. Mm -hmm. Not at this season. And right. I made my birth, my childbirth education class virtual because I also couldn't be at uh, anywhere outside of the house for that many hours away from all my little kids. Right. Um, and then it just very naturally happened that people were like, teach us how to do this virtual, teach us how to do this virtual, teach us how to do And I'm like, okay, I am answering so many DMs that I'm running out of minutes. I can't yeah. answer everybody for free anymore because I'm, I don't have enough minutes. Yeah. So I have to create a way to do this in a way that suits life, my life. And they just like naturally happen that way. And I remember thinking, even back to digital doula, I have a journal somewhere where I was sketching ideas and I'm like, is digital doula even a thing? <laughs> You know, and I was looking for people who were doing it. I'm like, is anybody doing this? And I found at the time, like maybe one person who offered pregnancy coaching mm -hmm. virtually and their accounts were not like actively being like she had a website, but I saw yeah. nothing on her Instagram, nothing on her Facebook. So I'm like, is she alive? Is she doing this? Is she around? Like, there's no activity here. There's no energy in her space. And I'm like, well, F it. I'm just going to do it. I love um, it. You know, but that's a really cool, I didn't know that. So that's really exciting to hear. Um, question. So I was thinking about, you You may have seen me talk about this stuff. It's in different seasons of my business, I talk about different topics when it comes to like business, entrepreneurship. And so marketing, I really enjoy talking about too. But do you remember, like you said you trained in 2010, you got your certification 2010. Like what were the 2010 days, the version of marketing that you experienced in 2010? Like, what were you doing in first? What were the things oh. that you were doing? Oh, that, I love that question. Um, Facebook. Facebook was where it was at. Facebook, this was back when Facebook was like really, there was no algorithm yet. It was just like- Chronological. Exactly. And if I, you know, so I started to share posts that, Hey, when you have a baby, I come take care of the baby and take care of you and you can nap. And people were like, this is amazing and would share it. And then like, I would have like, you know, I can't remember, but hundreds of shares. Like today I post something amazing and it's like, no one shared. You know, it was just, I can't, it's even hard to explain the way Facebook was back then, but it was, you, I didn't, you didn't spend any money, but, um, even, another part of my business that was, was that I eventually did some mom and baby expos and Facebook was huge for those because everyone saw the event, shared it. And, um, 
you know, it's like you didn't have to do much to get your posts seen. So Facebook was huge. Um, I had a very little, I bought a website template from GoDaddy that was like that five page template that, you know, it worked. It was, it's, I, um, I, and then I pounded the pavement. I networked like crazy. And I tell all my clients that that was hard for me. I am an inter, I mean, yes, here I am on a podcast now, but I'm a true introvert. I don't like chit chatting, um, but I wanted to be a doula so bad. I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to put my kids in daycare. No, no shame on anyone who does, but I just, well, first of all, I had three that needed it. I, I, I would have had to make $400,000. Right. So, um, and I just, I didn't want to, I, you know, I, I, the whole, I I didn't want to go back to a cubicle. I didn't want to go back to a marketing job. That's, that was fun and exciting. And I liked it, but I, I didn't feel like I was making the world a better place. Like, and now I had three little kids. I wanted, I wanted to make, you know, I think once you're a mom, you want to make the world better for your kids. So Anyway, I was, I reached this point where I was like, I'm not going back. So if I want to do this doula work, I have to go network. I have, I I would give myself a little pep talk like Darcy. Okay. You're going to go in there and you're going to smile and you're going to chit chat and you're going to tell them, you know, you're a postpartum doula. Commercial break. HoneyBook. I've got to tell you about HoneyBook. So I know what you might be thinking just because I have an online business and a podcast and I do a lot of this myself, that it must be super tech savvy. I'm not. I'm an elder millennial, self-taught on all things technology. And one of the things that I found incredibly difficult in terms of technology is one of the big CRM systems when I first got into this business. CRM is client relationship management, by the way, meaning you can send contracts, get virtual signatures, you can send invoices, and lots of other things. The big one that rhymes with Tupsado, but starts with a D, I just could not get past the level of difficulty and complexity. So when somebody introduced HoneyBook to me, they had me at the option of doula when you're entering your information and you enter the kind of services that you provide. So for several years now, I've been using HoneyBook as my client relationship management system where I send contracts, send invoices, and manage those one-on-one private client relationships. My affiliate link is in the show notes. I would love it if you'd give it a trial run and see if you'd like it. And if you do, let me know. If you have any questions, as always, reach out. So, and I mean, I I had done a lot of like networking and chamber of commerce events and stuff in my marketing, you know, advertising days. So I did have that experience, but what I loved was it actually ended up being easier. I had such, um, it's Michael Hyatt that says marketing is really just about sharing your passion. So I used to have to go to these chamber of commerce cocktail parties and talk to these bankers and, you know, about ad revenue, blah, blah, blah. Like it it was torturous, but like going into a chiropractor's office to talk about why his patients need to also be having, you know, having a postpartum, that was my, that was my passion. I could talk for hours about it. So, um, it ended up, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. So to answer your question, it was Facebook and person, personal connections in my community with other people that were dealing with pregnant people. You know, mm-hmm. so chiropractors, other right. doulas, 
um, the photographers, all those people. So yeah, Instagram didn't exist. Networking for with people who are not in the industry. So one of my past lives was, mm-hmm. and not like actual souls past life, but like this life's past life. You yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, I did residential mortgage lending. And so I was residential first and then moved to commercial and managing um, real estate funds, you know, commercial real estate funds uh, mm-hmm. for private equity investors and such. And so anyway, back in residential lending, everybody's, the networking was like, oh, you go to have That's where all the realtors were. Yeah. And it was all men. And I was like young and not married. And I'm like, that's a recipe for disaster. Like nobody's taking me seriously. I should right. have to the network at happy hour. And they're like, hey, but it was yeah. like, I hated it. <laughs> and it like skin crawl, I would sweat or I would go to Cabba. So in this one part of Tampa um, is Carrollwood. So it's Carrollwood Area Business Association. They have oh. these rules where you can oh. only have one lender per group and one realtor per group. And everybody comes and you share all the cards and you're like, if you have a lead, you send it to her. And you have a lead. It doesn't even yeah. matter what kind of relationship you have. With right. And I just felt like I hated doing those things. So I, I get it because now yeah. I think something networking is, it's different. It's yeah. such different. And so, yes, I, I remember that. Um, and it was awful. And I'm so glad we don't have to do that. And I know. Cubicle. It's like, choose your heart. You know, yes. so cubicle life is, it sounds like t- death to me. Um, it, it's torturous, especially with children. And right yeah. now we're really young. And I to think that I could be in a cubicle. And I know for some people, I don't feel this way. But for me, right. you know, to be in a cubicle while the kids are getting off school at three o'clock or whatever, mm-hmm. they have to wait for me to come see them. It's, I just can't. Um, yeah. so it's choose your heart, you know, it's going to be hard right. to show up on video at first. It's going to be hard to write a post, yes. it's be hard to do all those things. Yes. But what's harder? Like what's pick your heart. Right. Yep. And to me, yeah. Um, agreed. Like you, you just, sometimes you do things that are uncomfortable, um, uh, mm-hmm. or with a goal in mind. Yes. So another question I have is I was even thinking recently about, and I used to write about this more on social media. Maybe I'll bring it back when I talk about marketing again of like the old days of marketing when it was like, there wasn't even Facebook where you wrap your car in like the, the magnet stuff and the plastic and you yeah. have your pages. Like my dad advertised in the yellow pages. That's it. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, so when I worked in advertising and marketing, like before Facebook, you know, before I started my doula business, before the internet, really, you, if you were a mom who wanted to start a small business, you had to put up a ton of money to get like, hire a videographer, take a day to record some videos that you would, and then buy the time on the local cable channel and it was really expensive. And then you could also buy radio time and it was really expensive and people heard it and then forgot it. And, you know, uh, you, or you could also um, buy ads in the local newspaper. And I had one boss who was always like, uh, he he liked when we put ads in the newspaper. He didn't like when we, you know, they would call us about all the, I don't know, the trash, like in the middle of the newspaper, like just the ads he was always like, we're not putting our clients in there. He's like, that's what people line their bird cages with. <laughs> so, 
Um, so I always share that perspective when I'm working with doula clients now who don't want to post on media, social media, or they hate social media or Instagram so hard. And I think it's free though. And you can make a video in five seconds from your phone, put it out there. And it's like having a conversation with your dream client. And back in the nineties, you had, you had to spend 50 grand to right. get that same level. And, and you that, didn't have a budget, right? Like my dad started his tire store in 83. Mm -hmm. I was born. I'm telling you my age. You already know. <laughs> started his tire shop in 83 and the way they got clients in the beginning was they would take all these used tires because he was primarily doing used tires some new but they would take a truckload of used tires to the flea markets on friday or on saturday sunday whatever days the flea markets were open and they would yeah. run up at the flea market and sell used tires for five bucks and then if you wanted to get it put on the vehicle you come to the shop on monday and i'll put it on Ah, they started getting people to the tire store and that was, they didn't have marketing money. It was, they were in the yellow pages and they used the, um, whenever the booth cost or whatever it was, to yeah. the flea market. And, and people would come on Monday like, Hey, I bought this from you on Saturday. Can you put it on my car? <laughs> and so then they'd know that they could just come back here instead of going to the flea market. So it's just funny thinking back in my mom, just one quick, funny thing. Cause I think it's, I think you'll appreciate this. I don't know if you've ever heard this. I talked about no. it at some my mom, um, she uh, is, is also a serial entrepreneur. She's creative and she has a lot of different creative outlets throughout her life. And at one point, she, um, she's a hairstylist. And so she was one of the first Caucasian women in Tampa that was really big and doing hair extensions oh. in the 80s. So all the exotic dancers, all the strippers, like Tampa was kind of known. It still <laughs> kind of is known to be like a stripper hub, right? It's a, yeah. a gentleman's club hub. And she would to advertise the business. Like she obviously had hair extensions, but yeah. she would make, because she's been creative, she would make sets, outfits to sell like, um, uh, what's the word? Costumes. She oh, would yeah. make her costumes like pasties with tassels and all oh this God. and G strings with like tassels and gems and crystals. And she'd make these really ornate for the eighties. They were like killing it. Yeah. And, so, and I was little. And I remember like, what are those? And she's like, they're Barbie hats, the pasties. And she was quick on her feet. And I'm like, yeah. well, why is there two that match? And she's like, twins. So she would make <laughs> these outfits and sell them backstage at, oh, my God. at the um, clubs. And so the women that were back there, while she was back there selling costumes to the women, she's like, let's talk hair. Yeah. You know, she has, you know, $700, $800 hair extensions yeah. and braids and a thousand. And, you know, so anyway, it was just, you had to get so creative in a yes. different way back then. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, I do find it really interesting, the conversations we have now. Like, we're so afraid of putting ourselves out there. And I'm sure you see this a ton, too. Yeah. But it's like, it's a free freaking broadcast channel. Well, yes. And it's funny because in the 80s and 90s, it was like, how can we get ourselves out there? How? What? Like, what is something three we could do possibly do? You know, the big thing was if you could get like a press release, you know, if you could get coverage in the, on the local news or the newspaper, because that's free because it's news. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's funny to hear entrepreneurs, new doulas or doulas saying, I don't want to put myself out there. And I'm like, but that that's what you that's the point. And our, my funny story is we the ad agency I worked at, at in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at one point, he was like, we need to drum up new business. Like we need to come up with an idea. And he ended up 
renting an ice cream truck and we drove around Portsmouth, New Hampshire, handing out free like hoods. I don't know. You probably don't know what it is. It's a little hoodsy cup. It's a New England thing. But we went to all, we just playing the music of the ice cream truck and we just went into all the businesses handing out free ice cream. And he was like, maybe, maybe the paper will see us and come. Like that was the goal. Like do create some kind of um, buzz that'll get a photographer from the newspaper. And I, it, it's just funny to think like it was so much work and you, we had to buy the Hudsey cops, pay for the rent, the um, ice cream truck. And I think now it's like, I just make a reel. It's, it's at your fingertips. <laughs> right. it's so like it's literally serious. at your fingertips. Yes. And I agree. So I do have another question too, is, uh, that was just, that was fun. I have another <laughs> question about, I don't, you probably noticed this too, but I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, I felt like in 2018, 2019, when I was first really getting into the birth business, mm-hmm. I'm like, where are all of the doulas? Like I would see them at a local meetup or I would Google and I would see some websites. So I'm like, okay, there are doulas here, but where the hell are they on social media? Like nobody's on social media. I felt like meant collectively a lot, not all, mm-hmm. but a lot of doulas were like in the dark ages. And I'm like, where are you guys? Like, yeah. you're unfindable. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I felt like there's this big movement that let's give ourselves, can we give ourselves a little credit? Here? Yeah. Like I think you and I both were, and others were really helpful at helping bring them front and center. Like, yes. Bring you out of hiding, right? Yes. Yeah. Like you have to do this. Um, and now they're killing it. Like I see birth workers killing it on TikTok, on Instagram, oh, yeah. thousands of views and reels. And like, I don't care about engagement, but I care about getting the message out and the message yes. is getting out. Yes, absolutely. And, and social media is such a great tool to do it. Well, and just from like an evidence-based uh, perspective, that's where our clients are. They're hanging out on Instagram, social media, TikTok for hours a day. So as doulas, we have to be showing up there. And like you said, we are now, but still some aren't. I mean, I always talk about, you know, I'm, I am engaging with doulas on Instagram all the time and checking out doula Instagrams. And it's like some, some you go and they have like three posts and they haven't posted in six months. And, and actually you were saying this about, so when you were looking up, you know, if they, if you haven't posted in a few months, you assume like you assume they're out of business. Mm-hmm. So you know, we—that's a big thing I talk about—is that you know you need to be consistent. You need to not only create an account, but you know, post every couple of weeks at well, least. Like, take the pressure out of it. And one of the easy things that I think people will appreciate if they hear this episode is like the way I look at social media. Sometimes is not so much I have to promote, 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 sell, 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 mm. but like. This is a container where we can have conversations virtually. Mm-hmm. What if you walked into a building and there were, if you had an expo, if you were able yeah. to attend an expo with pregnant people of any moment of every mm-hmm. day, what would you say? What would you talk about? What would you share with them? What would they need to hear? Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to effectively, you're like creating your own little mini expo here. And yes. And that's all it really is, is talking and getting your message out. And it's a channel that you can use to broadcast your message. One of, right. There's multiple, there's podcasting, there's Pinterest, which is not really social media. 
Um, it's a search engine, but then there's different social media platforms and there's all these ways that you can create that experience without having to get a vendor booth, without, right. you know, like ways that people can feel you when you're not there. Yes. When you Absolutely. don't have to be physically present every right. single moment, but you mm -hmm. can, you know, put a little deposit into the, into your space like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that could be really helpful to remember for anybody who feels like, oh my God, I don't know what to post. I don't know what to post. And if you get up in your head about it, then yeah, it's going to be more of that. I don't know what to post. So I won't post. I don't know what to post. So I won't post. Yes. And to get out of the loop, you just freaking post. <laughs> right. There's something. Yeah. What would you do if we were sitting across from each other and I were pregnant, which I'm not, but what would, yeah. we, what would you tell me if I'm like, Hey, what do you think I need to know? I'm 12 weeks. Like what would be most helpful? Talk to me. Exactly. Right. I know it's very, and it's a great chance for doulas. You know, I talk a lot about how, you know, we're not selling cars. Uh, we're selling our energy, really. Our, you know, no one hires a doula. Uh, people hire their doula because they connect with them. They connect with their personality, their energy, and yes, their credentials. But at the end of the day, you choose the doula that is going to see you naked or that's going to come into your home. Like it's a per very personal decision. So social media is a great place to get your authentic personality and energy across for yeah. free um, versus, you know, it's a lot harder to do on a business card or, a, you know, email um, unless you put a video in it. But, you know, I think yes, we all love to hate social media, but embracing it for what it really can do mm -hmm. to help you be a doula is leverage the tool. Yeah. You know, leverage the tools that you have that we didn't have access to early on in the business days mm -hmm. or our parents or our grandparents, they didn't have access. So why are we not leveraging right. the tool? And it's, you know, I, we're talking for birth workers, but I, even outside of the birth worker industry there, I speak to a lot of people who are healers and yoga instructors and um, all kinds of other um, industries. Mm -hmm. And it applies across the board because we are so wrapped up in our heads, but I do think it gets to be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, so the last thing I want to ask, since we're going to be at the retreat together, and that's yes. part of part of why I wanted to have you on is so people could get to know you mm -hmm. and who are coming to the retreat that may not know you yet. Um, do you want to highlight or preview any bit of your workshop, your segment that you're going to be speaking on when we're, when we have the, um, yes. Yeah, the oh, yes. Thank you for this chance to do this. I'm so excited because I'm going to be talking, nerding out on one of my new favorite topics, which is, um, kind of aligning your business with your cycle and that we are all cyclical beings and, um, that just, I'm going to be teaching about as, you know, and this could be, even if you don't menstruate, you can deal, um, work around the cycles of the moon, but like there's, and I feel like doulas really need to be knowing this, <laughs> um, you know, are, there's four seasons, there's four cycles, four phases of the moon, there's, um, four trimesters, <laughs> That's a little bit of a stretch, but, and then there's four weeks of our cycle. Um, and each we're kind of a, a lot, our hormones line us up for certain tasks at each stage of our cycle. And so I'm going to be teaching how to tap into that, harness that. And it really becomes a superpower for your business because 
It's kind of like paddling downstream. It just makes everything easier when you're working in alignment with your own body, um, with nature, instead of making it harder and feeling like you're paddling upstream and just um, expending. It comes down to expending too much energy. So this helps you kind of conserve your energy. So I'm really excited to dive into that in January in Florida. Have some fish tacos, go on the beach. It's going to be great. And warning to anybody who comes to that talk or really anything that all of us are going to be speaking about, it may require you to take a look at your belief system around mm -hmm. what you're supposed to be doing in your business, in your life, yes. in motherhood, in all of these areas. Um, so it may be a little uncomfortable, but if you're mm -hmm. open to growth and evolution and expansion, um, then this may be the place that yeah. we help you with that. So, yeah. so, and it really comes down to, you know, working with your cycle comes down to working smarter, not harder. Like we, that's one thing that I've really had to work at to bust up this myth that being successful means working harder or to earn more money, you have to work harder. And it's really not true. So we'll be diving into that. More. I totally agree. And I'm excited. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to meet you in person because Same. we both, yeah. So this Same. will be great. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. Awesome. And I'll share your social media stuff and all the things in the show notes so people who haven't met you yet can connect with you. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank yeah. You. Shoot. Uh, find me on Instagram, the doula Darcy. Shoot me a DM. Tell me you heard this podcast and, and then come have a margarita with me in Florida and, and share it. Feel free to share the show yeah. too. Yeah. I have a little gift for you. If you've loved this episode, can you show me the love? And in return, I have something special for you. Here's how this works. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot on your phone of you listening to the episode and then share it to your social media and be sure to tag me at Nicole joy. And just for doing that, I'd love to gift you a business training. So you'll need to send me the screenshot of your social share to my email address, Nicole at NicoleJoy.com. It's also in the show notes in case you didn't write this down. And then I'll reply to your email with your options that you can choose from for your gift. Now, if social media isn't your thing, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate and review the show on whatever platform you're on. Your feedback means the world to me. I hope you have such a beautiful week, friend. And I'll talk to you soon.